Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Hello everyone, this is Pastor Chet Haney in studio today with you and with our special guest, Dr. Blair Blackburn. Thank you so much for joining us, Blair. We're glad to have you today. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Haney. I'm I'm so thankful to uh, be with you and thankful for your previous uh, leadership on the Board of Trustees of East Texas Baptist University. And love your family, knew your daughter, granddaughter, excuse me, before before you, uh, when I was uh, in my days at DBU, and loved Amanda, what a sweet young Thank lady you. and a well, strong spiritual leader at uh, Dallas Baptist when I was serving there. Appreciate that so much. Amanda is a dear, uh, bright spot in our lives. That's our first child. She was born in uh, 1983, and uh, she's actually since moved out to uh, Jackson, Georgia, where she and her husband are serving at a church called uh, Macedonia Baptist. So. They got Wonderful. the Macedonian call and went to Georgia, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's been great. We're proud of them, but I'm really having a hard time getting used to her being that far away. Sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, appreciate the, the opportunity for us to uh, to reconnect, and uh, yeah, uh, I look forward to seeing her one day soon. Well, yeah. uh, thank, again, thank you for, for the opportunity to share about uh, life at each of you and what God's doing, and I'm no, happy to. Just, that's to, great. You bet. Excuse me, I was just talking to one of our local high school counselors at Cattle Mills High School about Christian higher education in general and about ETBU in uh, particular. Just last Thursday uh, with my student pastor over some enchiladas at Tamales here in Greenville, and we were uh, talking to two high school counselors actually about uh, what a blessing it is to be able to send prospective students uh, to ETBU. And we've got a young lady from Greenville, actually, uh, Jenna Wade, who is, uh, excited about coming to Marshall. And she's a very fine volleyball player for the Greenville Lady Lions. How about that? Oh, that's great. Well, we, uh, we need, um, wonderful students. And, uh, it's great if, uh, she can contribute to the, uh, Lady Tiger volleyball team. That'd be awesome. Yeah, love for yeah, her to yeah. come out and visit. You'll love Jenna. Uh, her family's wonderful. And, uh, her dad, Randy Tarpley, excuse me, grandfather, Randy Tarpley is a, um, a man who's been, uh, his family goes real deep in the Greenville history culture here. He's a very fine real estate professional and wonderful godly man and so thankful to have him in our church family as well. Well, uh, Blair, I would love to hear you as the president of the university share with our listening audience a little bit about the amazing, uh, blessing, uh, as I said, that Christian higher education can be for a, a young person who's starting out, uh, from high school graduation and beginning a brand new chapter in their lives. What a blessing to be able to go to a place like Marshall. Yes, sir. Well, you know, we, are thankful for what God has done. He purposed this institution to stand as a as a Christian institution, and uh, I'm sad that we have seen Christian institutions uh, fade uh, from the faith, and uh, where the light has has uh, 
flickered and then just uh, faded, and some, unfortunately, extinguished. But we, we know there are believers at, at Christian institutions, religiously affiliated institutions, former religious institutions, but ETBU is a committed Christ-centered institution. And what that means for us is the distinctive of, of proclaiming the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that uh, we're teaching uh, our students in whatever discipline they're in, whether they're trained to be a nurse or they, they're in pre-med to be a doctor or mm-hmm. if it's uh, they have a, a pre-law path or if they're interested in education, certainly ministry, yeah. uh, psychologist, uh, whatever calling, career calling, uh, God's called them to integrate faith uh, mm-hmm. in their learning and integrate faith in life. And uh, I'm thankful that we have all Christian believers that are teaching our students Amen. and teaching uh, grounded truth and truth grounded in the Word of God uh, as they teach their disciplines. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just with a pastor today. My my pastor from Green Acres and Tyler yeah. was here today speaking in chapel, and I was talking to him about you know whether we're discussing chemistry or we're we're discussing uh, business or or even mathematics. Right. You know, the truth of God is evident in all because he's the source of all knowledge. Amen. And, uh, and that's, that's who ETBU is. That's what God's called us to be. Yeah. And uh, we, we don't segment our faith from, from life. And we're challenging our students uh, that, that they're responsible for, for living a life committed to Christ and integrating faith and as, a, as a husband or wife, as a mom or dad, as a business person and whatever mm-hmm. role that God calls them into service. And uh, our, our communities, and we see what the culture is in our country, uh, we, we need Christian leaders. And Amen. we're responsible at ETBU for raising up the next generation, the now generation, of Christian servant leaders for, for our communities, our churches, for our country. And we, we, we're desperate uh, as we see what's happening from Austin mm-hmm. to Marshall and Greenville to Washington. Right. Yeah, the culture has gotten crazy uh, all around us, and it makes it all the more important to hang on to our values and to be uh, anchored to our foundation like never before. Uh, you mentioned my days on the board. It was such a privilege uh, for those nine years to serve on the board at ETBU. And when I would come in for meetings, I often uh, got to hang out with some of the professors, play racquetball and different things like that, and I can remember um, a chemistry professor, I can't think of his name, I'm sad to say, who really saw his uh, class as a ministry, and I thought, man, what a contrast to taking chemistry at A&M, <laughs> where you're <laughs> right. probably in a class of 500 people, and you might be lucky enough to get a grad student as your teacher, and nobody really knows your name, and here's a, a professor who knows you, who's taken an interest in your life, he prays for you. And he remembers your name three or four years later when he sees you on campus. Well, that's that has uh, that was true uh, in that professor, and that's true in our professors today. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the relationship between our faculty and students is so important. Uh, yeah. That's the personalized attention that that students here receive. You know, our faculty mm-hmm. are going to know them by name, not by number. And and uh, when they're not in class, they're going to be uh, shooting them a text or give them a personal message on social media, say, hey, missing you, what's going on, what can I do to yeah. help you and connect there. Yeah. Hosting them in their homes or having coffee with them over in the student center. And, uh, this is a, a value-added education where, where a family can send their student here to be a part of the ETB family and know that uh, there's, a, there's a kingdom responsibility we have, a great commission mandate to help build up in these young people as, as partners with families to, to 
give them an incredible education uh, that, that enables them to serve uh, the Lord to whatever call uh, God God puts on their life. Amen. Not the most important thing, but something I want to mention is what a beautiful place. Uh, of course, Marshall, Texas is just a beautiful city anyway in uh, northeast Texas. But what a gem of a university campus uh, ETBU is. Uh, it's just so nice and, and beautiful. Did you know I read recently, I guess it's not that recently, probably uh, um, eight or ten years ago by now, but there was a um, a trade magazine where I was reading and found out that the ETBU Tigers baseball field had been voted by the um, horticulturalists as the nicest uh, baseball field in the state of Texas, the most pristine, beautiful grass what do you know yes, what sir. year that would have been? Does that sound familiar? Well, it'd be prior to my coming oh, because uh, we actually uh, yeah. we we put in uh, artificial turf. I see. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh-huh. But, but I'll say this: uh-huh. uh, J, J, uh, John Patterson is our yeah. uh, director of athletic facility management, and he's responsible yeah. for our for our fields, and right. he cares for the natural as well as the artificial turf. Mm-hmm. But he has won a number of awards, and we uh-huh. still have we still have natural turf on on soccer and. And our uh, lacrosse and uh, uh-huh. uh, football practice field, and okay. he has won a number of awards. That's now, awesome. since that time, uh, in 2018, we built a new softball mm-hmm. clubhouse and a new field, and it won the yeah. National Softball uh, Fast Pitch Softball Coaches Association Field of the Year. And we'll awesome. be hosting with that award and the respect that generated. We'll be hosting the 2023 wow. NCAA National Championship for Division Three. In 2023, so how crazy uh, you, you're cool kind, is that? Yeah, awesome. you're, you're so kind to mention uh, uh-huh. about the campus, and, and God oh, yeah, graced us gorgeous. with a beautiful hill. Yeah, it is 300 acres, almost 300 acres here at the institution, and mm-hmm. you know, set here in the nestled in the piney woods, and yeah. uh, got we've got a we've got one of the high, well, we have the highest highest elevation in in Harrison County here at ETBU. Yeah, so you really own the hill. Yes, sir, we are. And it's a city set on a hill. We go back yeah. to Matthew five fourteen through 16, and that's what God has called this place to be, yeah. figuratively, right, uh, physically, mm-hmm. but most importantly, spiritually, yeah. that God has called us to be a light on this hill. And yeah. um, that's that's the motto of each of you, may the light on the hill never die. And uh, that's our responsibility as Christian servant leaders is to ensure that, that – uh, that the name of Jesus continues to be proclaimed from this hill yeah. and in our classes, on our courts, on our fields, uh, mm-hmm. and, and throughout uh, uh, the, the campus community and beyond. Yeah. But we're thankful that God has, has graced this beautiful campus, and uh, we, we've been charged with stewarding uh, the resources we have, and we've been making improvements to facilities and to landscaping. And if your listeners are driving to the Marshall right? area, aren't you yeah, sort of an architect? On. Aren't you sort of an architect, uh, landscape designer, specialist by trade? Well, not by trade, but by experience. Okay. And I'm, I'm thankful that yeah. God's given me some wonderful experiences previously yeah. and then here. And we've, uh, we've been able to, you know, we, ETBU, we're, you know, college presidents are always asking people for money. So, uh, <laughs> so we, we've been, we've been restoring facilities because we don't have a lot of funds to build new buildings at ETBU. Right. Right. I'll tell you about that. But, but we, but you know, we've got great quality facilities that were built um, mm-hmm. in the fifties, yeah. 
in the 70s, in the 90s. Right. And, uh, you know, with, with age comes the need to, to replace and renew. And right. uh, we, when you don't have the money to renew, you figure out how to, how to make improvements. And so we have restored every building on this campus in the last six years, except one, and we've got one more to go. But uh, we're, we're renewing those buildings and, and inside and out so that we can extend their life. And that's certainly a cost savings without building new ones. But we, we have such growth that God's blessed us with with students. We are building a new home to the School of Business, the Fred Hill School of Business. And that is going to be called the Great Commission Center. Uh, we're, we're called to that Matthew 28 mandate. And uh, we want families to know, students to know when they step on this hill and they Come up here, they're going to see the Great Commission Center challenging them to to, to live out God's call in, as as a servant of the Great Commission. But within the facility will be the uh, Fred Hill School of Business. But uh, we're we're proclaiming Matthew 28 and, and holding our students accountable to that. But thank you for mentioning about the facilities. And, you know, students and families are drawn to quality. And you walk on the campus, you're going to see well-groomed uh, landscape because... We believe that how we care for our facilities and our grounds is a reflection of how we care for our students. And, sure. and decisions are made by families when they drive by or when they step on the campus. And we want them to see uh, that we care about excellence because God's called us to excellence. And uh, for sure. we, we set that standard for our, we set that standard for our students, and we have to model it first. For sure, Dr. Blair Blackburn, president of East Texas. Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. So glad to have you with us today. Dr. Blackburn, could we ask you to stick around and do one more segment with us? Uh, after yeah, sure. Lovely. Break? Thank you so much. Yes, this is Chet Haney, pastor of Highland Terrace Baptist Church today. So glad to have our listeners of the His Mighty Hand radio podcast and broadcast. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. I'm so thankful to be able to worship with you here today as we continue in worship. Let's open our Bibles to our text we began last week, which is Psalm 15, an amazing text by virtue of its brevity and yet its compact um, concentration of truth in such a, a few short words in typical Hebrew style There's an economy of words, but an eloquence of meaning, and we're going to examine that a little bit more deeply today as we continue this series that we've begun, the 10 marks of a person of honor. Now, this morning, I want to uh, uh, remind you again today uh, that uh, sometimes when we turn to our neighbor and say something, uh, it's for a reason, but uh, today I want you to save that little exercise until you get home, and when you get home, I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to say these words. Now, that's a change. <laughs> Can you remember that? I really do. I want you to say that when you get home today, look in the mirror and say, wow. Now, that's a change, because I want you to believe in that change, and I want you to encourage yourself in the change that's taking place in you, because the truth is, if you are a true Highlander, you're a disciple. And a disciple means 
You are walking even if sometimes it's uphill. Matter of fact, true Highlanders don't avoid the hills. We relish them. We look for them because we know even though they may be difficult to climb, for a walker or a runner or a bike rider, the hills are the toughest part of the course. But it's the hill that gives us an opportunity to advance in altitude, get to a higher place. It's hard going, but on the hill, you're climbing higher. And one of the ways you know this is by the process of change that's happening in you. You can see it. Others may see it before you do. They may notice it before you do. They may comment on it before you do. One of our new deacons has had a remarkable transformation, so much so that many of you didn't even know him when he became one of our deacons. I'm speaking of Billy West, who has lost 110 pounds by fasting twice a week. Isn't that something? Let me tell you, he's a fine young deacon. He's been a member of our church for a long, long time. And he's been a teacher. He and his wife, Laura, are just precious, precious people. But Billy was hard to recognize because he just looked so thin. He looked so good. He looked like he felt a lot better. I bet he does feel a lot better. Can you imagine taking four sacks of deer corn and setting them down and not having to carry them around anymore? That's functionally what Billy's done. I bet he does feel a lot better. What a load lifted off his shoulders. You know, a lot of people go through a lot of changes, and uh, it looks so good, it feels so good, but today I want us to focus on another kind of total change. Billy went from fatness to fitness, and we could talk a lot about that and how important that is. But today's change, we're going to talk about going from dishonor to honor. Remember last week when we focused on honor and told you you might be sitting by a person of honor and you ought to consider it a privilege to be sitting with them and you ought to dress them good morning, your honor. Well, this is going from being a character to being a person who has character. And the Bible says there's something really important about this, which is access. I don't know if you remember last week as we open our Bibles now to uh, Psalm 15, I reminded you of um, a friend of mine who took me to a special place. He's a special friend. And he showed me this special place down in the piney woods of the Big Thicket National Forest where I used to live down around Woodville, Texas. You remember what I told you, how you honored me? He not only showed me the place and its beauty, but he said, Chet, now I want to give you a key. And as I said, I hardly knew how to respond. What do you say to a friend like that? 
who gave you a special key to a special place which allows you access pretty much any time you want to go. Now, Psalm 15 begins with not much description, but a question about an extremely special place. And the question is simply this, who can go there? Look at it with me, Psalm 15.1. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Well, there's the hill, which requires a climb, and here is the key. Let me give it to you this morning. This hill has been made accessible to common, ordinary believers just like you and me by a special key called character. It's called honor. And for the next several phrases in this brief but powerful psalm, character is described in ten different ways. Now, let's remember that a holy place is just that. It's a holy place. On Mount Sinai, the people of God hardly dared to approach the holy mountain. Only Moses was really fit and allowed to go. And they said, Moses, we're not going. You go for us and you come back down and tell us what God said. The tabernacle in the wilderness was much the same way. It was called the tent of meeting. It was the dwelling place of the holy and No one could go into the holy of holies except for the high priest and him only on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. We remember when Jesus died on the cross and in Luke 23, verses 44 and 45 and 46, describes a moment in the very last breaths of Jesus when he quoted the scripture. And he cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And the Bible says, remarkably, in that moment, a certain thing happened in the Holy of Holies, in the temple. It had to do with a thick veil about the thickness of a carpet, a curtain like a carpet. It was so thick and heavy. The Bible says, in that moment, what happened? It was torn. From top to bottom, which signified access, entrance. You're allowed to come now into the presence of the holy, as Hebrews says. Now we have confidence by the blood of Jesus to enter in to the holy place of the dwelling of God. What a privilege. And what a powerful opportunity of access which is provided to the man of character who by the blood of Jesus has been cleansed and changed from a character to a man who has character. As we look at the marks of this person of honor, last week we learned by the simple statement in verse 2a that he's a man who walks the walk. He walks uprightly. 
That is to say, he stands straight with his head held high. He does not slouch, which is to say, he's not a, uh, a person of sin, laziness, obstinance, unfaithfulness, contention, and haughtiness. He doesn't slouch. He stands tall. He walks the walk. He does not put his foot in the place where a Christian ought not go. He walks with uprightness. But notice the next phrase. The Bible says in verse 2b, he works righteousness. So here's a man, number one, who walks the walk of a man of character. Number two, he works at his righteousness. This is something important to him. He's a miracle man, you could say, because here's what the Bible says about this work. The work, as we heard by the choir this morning, thank you for leading us, Brother Steve, in worship, has already been done. The work has been accomplished, and you really can't add anything to it. It's the finished work of the cross. And yet, here's the miracle and the mystery. You've got some work to do. If you want to be a person of honor, if you want to be a person of character, you have to work at righteousness, even though it's God who is working in you. Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, because it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Now, this is the mystery. I want you to be careful about this message today as we're talking about working on righteousness because we're not saved by works, we're not sanctified by works, and yet we've got a lot of work to do. We are required by the Word of God to work at it. That is the work of being a disciple the work of being a godly man or a godly woman, the work of being a person of honor and character falls to you. And one of the ways you know a man of honor is because he works at it. He gives attention to it. He knows that only God can do it, so he spends time with God. He works at his relationship with God. He works at applying what God has taught him through the Word of God. He works out his salvation knowing that the only chance he has, the only shot at righteousness that he has, is God working through him. He's a miracle man because he works at his salvation and God works through him. Eloquently simple. The Bible says in verse 2b, he works righteousness. And those two words are such a mouthful. It means to a man of character who wants access to the presence of the holy, he works righteousness because it's important to him. He cares about it. He works at it. He's trying to assemble in his life a collection of virtues. And he pays attention to these virtues and tries to build them into his character and add to them one on top of the other. 
He makes something of himself by working righteousness. Build your righteousness by spending time with God. This is what the work uh, actually means in the Hebrew. It's to do, it's to make, it's to build something as a craftsman, as a worker in a shop, assembles the pieces and joins them together and fits them and sands them and and makes them into something beautiful. Isn't that what a carpenter does? Isn't that what Jesus did in the shop so wonderfully and so beautifully well? Took old uh, rough pieces of lumber and he made them into something beautiful. He did the work of a carpenter. Now you do that work. Work on yourself. Work on your spiritual fitness and your personal righteousness, knowing that it's God who has to actually do the work, but you put it in place and set it in motion by action and activity, by working, by caring about it, by making it a priority. It's important to you. And so you spend time with it. You're not idle, but rather... You've got your nose in the Bible because you want to learn the ways of God. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 